But today, I'm very excited to spin off of something that I said last week in that panel when I talked about the transition. I made a statement just in, in a moment about the transition from the first Adam to the second Adam that defines the nature of Christ. I, I'm going to begin today a series that's going to last for, I don't know, a few weeks. Going to begin a series today, and we may conclude it with another panel. But I want to begin this today by first doing this. The, first of all, the name of the series is Adam to Adam from Darkness to Light. That's what Adam to Adam uh, represents, as you see in the image that's behind me. But today I'm going to focus on two Adams. Who are they? Everybody say, who are they? Who, are they? who is Adam? Now, it's easy for us in every way. We all know quite a bit about the first Adam. It's really easy. We go back to the apple. We go back to Genesis. We go back to the fruit, the apple, whatever you want to call it. Who knows what it was? But we go back to that fruit and we realize that there was a man from which a woman was taken out of his rib. I don't want to say taken. She was received. She was drawn out. She was already present in him. It's another story, another day, another teaching, but she was already present in him and she was drawn out of him so that the earth could do something phenomenally amazing before the Father and that was to worship him. The only way to create more worshipers was to create an avenue by which more worshipers could come forth and we'll pick up on that another time. But I want to focus today on both teachings. So again, we know a lot about the first Adam. What we don't know is that there actually was, or a lot of people aren't aware, that there actually was a second Adam. We might know that in part, but maybe not in full. People have an understanding. They have, uh, uh, they've heard, but they've not been taught. I want to teach today. I want to show us today who is Adam. Who are these people, these two Adams, and I want to begin by asking you to turn in your Bible this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'm going to begin with that chapter, verse 45. 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 15, verse 45 in the English Standard Version reads like this Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. Everybody say, the first Adam. Became a living being. The last Adam became a life giving spirit. So Paul said the first Adam became a living being and the last Adam became a life giving spirit. I want to share some interesting facts with you about Adam and what that word Adam means uh, in its original text. In the, in the Hebrew, what Adam means is this, it is one from the soil. The word Adam defined in the Hebrew is one from the soil or the beginning or red. It's kind of odd, that red is kind of thrown in there, it's kind of odd, it'll make sense in a moment. Adam means one that came from the soil or the beginning or red or all of those would fit. One that came from the soil and the beginning and red. So let me explain that. First of all, red fits in there and it's interesting the correlation because red is the color of the blood of the second Adam. Soil in relationship to scripture is always red in color. 
If you find dirt in the Bible, it's never going to say the soil is brown or black or uh, beige or whatever. It's never going to be a tone of that, that tone. It's going to be red. Always soil is red. And it's interesting that Adam is all of these. He came from the soil. He's the beginning and he is red. So I want to talk about a few things. First of all, the Spirit of God was sown into the soil to create life, which was the first Adam. The Spirit of God formed Adam out of the dust, and then the Spirit of God was breathed into, everybody say into, into the soil to create the first Adam, which is natural. We'll get to that in a second. Then the Spirit of God passed through the soil. The Spirit of God passed through the soil to create the second Adam that would become a life-giving being. So here's the first Adam. Here's the second Adam. He's got a little glow, a little halo. (laughs) The first Adam, God breathed into and made him alive. The second Adam, God breathed through so that as the breath of God came in, because when, and we're going to get into this, this is just a kind of a prelude. Can you all see that over there? I don't know where to get where you can all see it. But he breathed through the second Adam, and what happened was, the reason he breathed through was because he came as man and was resurrected as God. Spirit. Spirit. Better phrase. So he breathed in, and what it did was flushed out. Christ took upon him everything that this guy did wrong when he ate the apple, And then when the breath of God came through Christ, it literally purged out everything contrary to the Father so that this man could redeem this man. All right, we'll come back to that in a second. Just in case you didn't get that, there's more to come. So he breathed into the soil to create life, and then he breathed through his breath. God had to pass through the soil in order to redeem life. You and me. And what's interesting to me, the first color that a baby sees, you know, babies are born colorblind. They see black and white, grays, that's it. They can't see until about five months old. But the first color a baby sees is red. The very first color a child can see is red. It's interesting to me, too, that those first four or five months that a baby is born, going back to what we prayed for just a moment ago, they're colorblind. They have no idea, black, white, yellow, gray, pink. They have no idea. They look at their mom and daddy. When they're looking at them, they see mom and daddy, but they don't care what color they are. Wouldn't it be great to enter back into that place? Be able to cram us back into that three or four month old stage. Be an interesting fit. But the first color that they're able to see is red. 
It's interesting because they came from the soil. So how does that, that scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, how does that relate to us if the first man, Adam, became a living being and the last became a life-giving spirit? How does that relate to us and what is its relevance to you and me today? Well, what we have to try to do, and I'm going to try to help you understand today, is I'm going to try to define each Adam and how we relate to each Adam, the first man Adam, the second man Adam, and what each of those brought to us. So in order to do that, just skip down one verse to verse 46, 1 Corinthians 15. In fact, we're going to go through several verses there. You might as well hold your finger there. 1 Corinthians 15, 46, I'm reading it out of the New American Standard Bible, says this, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural then the spiritual. Everybody say that with me. The spiritual, the spiritual is not first, not first. But, the but the natural. Then the spiritual. So, our natural, in the beginning, the natural man, Adam, was not created to need redemption. God did not create man to need redeeming. God did not say, okay, Jesus, Son, Yeshua, God would have called him Yeshua because that was his name. He did not say, Jesus, I have an idea. I'm going to create man. I'm going to send him in the earth. And I'm going to wait for him to sin. He's not going to make it very long. And I'm going to put that in him. And that's the reason I'm going to create him. Because I really want to send you to a cross. I really want to send my son to a cross. I really want him to die a horrible death. So I have a great idea. In order for me to do that. So that it's not without purpose. I'm going to go ahead and create man so that they'll sin. No, he didn't do that. He created you and me to worship him. His intention, God's intention for breathing life, breathing into soil, was so that man would lift their hands, would lift their voice, not even that. Just so that man would live and their living was worship. So that they would recognize, oh, when I come to this tree, this tree's of God. He loves me. He made this for me. Oh, I come over here. Look at the lion. Oh, I'm going to sit over here. I'm going to pet the kitty. And, and that is of God. He created man recognizing everything that we have, we have because the Father saw fit. I want them to worship me. He did not, we were not created to require redemption. We were not created to sin. We were created to worship. And get this. I must tell you what I told the team before we came out here this morning. I may or may not diagram it because my drawing is pitiful today. <laughs> think about this. First, the natural, but think about this. You and I today live 
with a consciousness of sin. We are sin conscious. The moment we do something that we believe dishonors God, even if it didn't, depends on how we were raised. If we were raised in a very strict situation, if you get out a deck of cards, you get out a deck of cards, suddenly there's, you feel the need to go pray. In my home, it was true. We were not allowed to play with cards or any games with dice. I do play with cards now. Don't hold that against me. If you still live with that conviction, I'll help you through that. But I was, that's how it was. So we, we, we are, we live with this consciousness of sin and we find our way, choose to become righteous. You got to track with me for a second. You got to get this. You and I, in our world, Alex, we live with the idea that we are at some point became sinners without God and had to choose to receive Jesus Christ to be redeemed. Is that true? Is that true? Do we all agree? So we are finding our way back to righteousness. Let me tell you you a little bit about the first Adam. The first Adam did not have to choose to find righteousness. He had to choose to sin. Imagine you today gathered in this room and everything about it, everything about you, your life, it's just righteous. It's, everything is blessed. There's no awareness of sin. And then you had to, had a preacher, now, just, you, this is, okay, story right here, <laughs> that was trying to convince you to eat of a fruit that would open your eyes. Instead of saying, there is a way to righteousness, you wouldn't need to know the way. You were already in it. No one had to stand up before Adam and say, Adam, there's a way to righteousness. Adam was in it. I'm walking with God in the cool of the morning. Yay! Adam was in it. He was in righteousness. And he had to go up to a fruit and choose. Righteousness is good, but I think I have been compelled to receive sin. This is the first Adam. Adam, the only person to ever have the opportunity to choose to sin. He made the choice. Now, I know in your mind you're thinking, well, I remember back in 1984 I chose to do this, and that felt like a lot like sin. Track with me where I'm, t- where I'm going with this. He lived in righteousness. There was no guilt conscious, conscience in Adam. There was no awareness of what it looked like on the other side of a veil. He was on the righteous side of the veil. We're on the sin side of the veil. He 
He did not have to choose to be righteous. He had to choose to sin. For him, righteousness was the easy choice because there was no choosing. I'm righteous just because I am. Where because of his sin, we have to choose to enter into righteousness. It's available for all of us, for everyone, but we have to choose. We live without choosing righteousness. We are sinful. Without choosing sin, he was righteous. Do you get that this morning? Can you wrap your mind around that? As I was thinking about this the other day and I was dwelling on this thought, I was thinking, man, what, I can't even, it's hard for me to even in my mind think of what it must have been like to realize that instead of having meetings where people come together and they're being taught about righteousness and walking out a relationship in the kingdom, they just gathered together and talked about all the goodness of God and all the things that He had provided for them and there was no process of sin. So he says, first, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. What does that mean? So here we go. So his decision to sin, listen to what I'm saying here. You can take a note if you're following along in your Bible app. His, Adam's decision to sin loosed. Everybody say loosed. loosed. He made a pass, and we caught it. Adam's decision to sin loosed a sin nature and bound the God nature, creating the need for you and I to have redemption. When Adam sinned, he loosed. When he ate of the fruit and disobeyed God, he loosed death. He loosed a sin nature creating the need now for you and I to be reconciled to the Father through a second Adam. And through that second Adam, we enter again in part now, in full at another time, but in part now we enter again into a righteous nature. We're being transformed. It's a metamorphosis. We're being transformed into a righteous nature. We're being transformed into something that was our promise and purpose and intent in the beginning. We're having to do sort of like they did in the movie Back to the Future. We're having to return again to what the original purpose and intent was. And it can only happen when there is a redemption, a redeemer that is there that makes it possible for us. So he says, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. Everything is revealed in the natural. So here, that's a very bad picture of Jesus. (laughs) And I don't know how to do it any better, so I'm just going to do the sun. That's the sun. Looks kind of like an amoeba, but that's the sun. Let me just write that in case you don't see. First the natural, then the spiritual. The spiritual is not first, but the natural. When the Father created Adam, what did He do first? Say it again. 
When the Father created Adam, and it has been the same, it's the same from Genesis to Revelation. When the Father created man, the first thing He did was formed His body. He formed man from the dust of the earth. He made a natural thing. The man existed, but did not yet breathe. And then the Father into Adam, and what was lifeless became full of life. So first the natural, then the spiritual. The Father always does what He does by giving opportunity. Don't think for a second that while Adam had the ability, and I don't want to hang on this long, but while Adam was very righteous, his life was righteous and he had to choose to sin, which is the flip side of where we are, he lived in righteousness, had to make a decision to sin. Don't think for a second that the Father, when He breathed into Adam, was not aware of the possibility that He might choose sin. If He wasn't aware, He wouldn't have said, there is a tree. You can have anything you want to, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I don't want you eating of its fruit. You can have anything you want. It all belongs to you. But you have to choose to do that. So what the father did was he said, I'm going to always give the natural opportunity first because it is in the natural that we have the opportunity to really demonstrate our faith in God. That's why I don't understand a lot of people who are believers today and who are Christians, and they have their reasons, I'm sure, but I don't understand a lot of people who are believers and Christians today who come and all they're concerned about is getting out of earth. They're just excited about getting to heaven. They're excited about leaving the planet, and they're excited about going to another place. I don't get it, and I'll tell you why I don't get their excitement, because if I'm, again... You don't have to have the same feeling I've got, but I'm right. And if I say that playfully, mostly, and I don't get it because for me, I love here. And my greatest opportunity to demonstrate that I love the Father is through this natural body. If the body is already perfected, the choice is over. What a great, is it a greater demonstration to by default serve Him or is it a greater demonstration to by choice serve Him? So I can't get in the same wagon with those who are always looking to get, I just, just get me out of this earth. If you just get me out of this earth, oh, I, it, I'll feel, it'll be so much better. Easier. And the Father says, you don't understand. You're on that earth because first the natural, then the spiritual. Until you can demonstrate peace in chaos, you're not going to be any value to me in the heavenlies. Demonstrate to me that you can first in the natural worship me. And then you're justified and qualified to demonstrate in the spiritual. First the natural, then the spiritual. Everybody say that with me. First the natural, First the natural. then 
the spiritual. And then let's talk about the second. So the first man, Adam, was the natural. The second man, Adam, was the spiritual. 1 Corinthians 15, chapter 15, verse 47, says this. The first man is from the earth. He is earthy. (laughs) Do you need me to explain that? We're good. The first man is from the earth. He's earthy. The second man is from heaven. The first man is from the earth. He is earthy. The second man is from heaven. Let me back up a little bit. Let me just say, I'm going to say something about that. First man is from the earth. He is earthy. It's interesting to me that an earthy man had the opportunity in that earthy place to fully live righteously. Which tells me that God did not create the earth so that he could destroy it. He created the earth so that we could rule and reign over it. Not with the thumbprint of law and legalism, but for righteousness sake. As a sign and a wonder and a demonstration. That we honor the earth as his creation. Another time. So the first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven, earthy. The Spirit of God, remember we talked about it a moment ago in my beautiful artistic stuff. The Spirit of God passed into Adam. The second man, Adam, the Spirit of God passed through him. The Spirit of God passed into the first man. Everything I have is available to you. The first man loosed sin made sin the default instead of righteousness the default. So we weren't born righteous anymore. We were born into a sin nature needing redemption. So he loosed sin, captured the God spirit, whatever you want to call that, the Spirit of God, however you want to word that, I don't even know what the right word is, but you can't capture God, but understand what I'm saying. Captured the ability to walk in righteousness by default, imprisoned it by loosing sin. So we came into this. Now the second Adam has come so that he can pass through you and me. And what he does, come up here, Gaston, help me real quick, please. So I'm going to pretend, is it right to pretend like I'm God? (laughs) Morgan Freeman does. All right, so I am a, I'm going to visualize this with me. You are man. The first Adam, he passed into. Mm, Son. Adam, you're my son. Everything I have belongs to you. I possess nothing that you do not possess. The world is yours. When you look around you, as far as you can see, the north, the south, the east, and the west, places your eyes can't even travel. It all belongs to you. And I'm in you today. Own what I own. Rule over what I rule over. Love what I love. And never know hate. Never know fear. I'm in you, Adam. And I want to stay in you, Adam. 
But you see that tree over there? I want you to stay away from... You see that tree? Just don't go there. Because I want to abide in you. And I want you to abide in me. And we're going to walk together every day. When you get up in the morning, you'll see me. When you go to bed at night, I'll be there. You'll never be where I'm not. You'll never have a thought I'm not having. If I think it, you think it. If I see it, you see it. Just stay away from that tree. God passed into Adam. But then Adam eats of the fruit. We've already gone there. Did Adam need a preacher? Don't go there. You're getting closer. Don't go there. No, he had God. He was righteousness conscious. But he ate the fruit. So a second Adam was required, and that second Adam that came had to pass not into. The second Adam was the Son of God. The second Adam had to come, and when... Man said, I receive you. Remember before they had to receive the tree. They had to receive the fruit of the tree. This man after sin had to receive the fruit of the heavens, the Son of God. The first Adam received the fruit of the tree. This new man has to receive the second Adam, which is the fruit of God. The seed of God. See, the fruit isn't what corrupted Adam. It was the seed or the essence or the, what was in that fruit. Sin was encapsulated within that fruit. The fruit probably tasted, let's say it was an apple, tasted sweet. But in it, something was loosed. So when the second Adam came now, He has to come in and he has to pass through because there's so much sin in in us. When we come to him and we choose this time not the fruit of the tree, but we choose the fruit of the Father. When we choose that fruit, now this second Adam comes in and he passes through us. And as he's going through, he is as though he is a vacuum and everything that is not of God, when he comes in, he takes it upon himself, comes out and leaves him white. (laughs) Leaves him purged, leaves him clean, leaves him whole, leaves him righteous. He dwelt in the first. He sends Christ to pass through. And then what does Christ do? Christ does this. Christ comes in. Track with me. Watch with me. Christ comes in, passes through. I'm taking it upon myself. Everything that you've done, everything that you've been, what you understand and what you don't, I'm taking it upon myself. Passes through him. And where does he go? 
And then he goes and he sits at the right hand of the Father and immediately begins to intercede for the one he just passed through. Father, I join with you today to empower Gaston Glasgow by the power of the Holy Ghost to choose righteously today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. That is the second Adam. The first Adam bound us. The second Adam loosed us. In our, thank you. And our ability to demonstrate who God is. So, again, 1 Corinthians 15.47, the first man is from the earth, he is earthy, but the second one came from heaven. He was the fruit of heaven. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then the third thing I want to talk about today is the redemption part. I love this. Track with me. You ready for this? 1 Corinthians 15, verses 48 through 49, again, New American Standard, says, as the earth, as is the earthy, so also are those who are earthy. Do not, listen, what he's saying right here, I mean, really, it, it took Holy Spirit to help people understand this. What he's saying is, stop expecting people who are of the earth to act of the heavens. Can we not be offended by people when they, when they act earthy? If they don't know God, how do we want them to act? Well, they shouldn't act like that. That's what they act like when they don't know God. The second Adam, if he hasn't passed through and begin to draw out those things that are opposed to the purpose of God, if he hasn't begin to, begun to draw those things out, they're doing exactly what they know to do. Their nature is sin. As is the earthy, so also are those who are earthy. And as is the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. Here's the thing. We need to ask ourselves, what kind of picture do we draw when we go down the road? What kind of artwork are we? If we were a picture hanging on someone's wall, what would that picture be? What do they see every time they look at us? If I'm earthy, I'm expected to be earthy. But if I'm heavenly, if the redeeming power of Christ, that second Adam has passed through me and is removing those things from me that are opposed to the purpose of God and that are anti-God, if He's removing those things, I'm not expected that by the time I go to bed tonight, I'm a perfect man. But there is an expectation that I am changing as the anointing of God begins to renew my mind, renew my thoughts, renew my ways, renew my purpose. There's a changing, there's a shifting, there's, I'm using the word again, metamorphosis that is taking place in our lives that causes us to suddenly, the, it's like a living photograph, the ride at, um, what's the ride in, in Universal or wherever it is where the pictures change and... Harry Potter thing, that when the pictures are changing, and that's, I don't know if that's a good, <laughs> take all that back, but it's like a living photograph, like a living picture that is alive, our lives are changing, when people look at us, they should see change taking place, I said to somebody Friday, I think it was Friday on the phone, I was talking to someone from another state, and I was talking to him on the phone, and I said, listen, and they're, they're good, they're friends, 
friends. I, wouldn't, I don't know that we're great friends, but we're friends. We've known each other for a while. And I said to them, I said, they said, I listened to one of your messages from about a year ago, and I love what you're teaching and what you're saying. I said, man, you better remind me because I might not even believe that anymore. <laughs> So they reminded me, and then I said, oh, yeah, I believe that still. <laughs> but we're changing. And he's, it's not that he's wishy-washy and our beliefs change. It's that our understanding of what we believe changes. Our understanding and our interpretation of what he puts in front of us changes. But that happens because while we, the first Adam loosed sin upon us, the second Adam loosed righteousness upon us. He gave us the ability to begin to transform and to be, uh, begin to be changed. So we expect earthy people to be earthy, but there's a need to expect heavenly people to be heavenly. People being changed for there to be a visible change. And listen... I don't want to get in the weeds with everybody here, but ask yourself today, what decisions are being made when you go in and out and about and you're doing your thing every day? Are you putting yourself in a situation where your heavenliness is being questioned? Ask yourself, are you willing to allow that Christ that is trying to absorb those parts of you that do not honor God? It's a simple question. If you ever want to know, if you ever want to know, is what I'm about to do going to honor God? Ask. And probably, if you're asking that, it doesn't. If I do this, is it, are you going to be honored by that, Father? In His, any absence of response is a pretty good indication. Until you know, don't go. That's a good phrase. Just as we have borne the image of the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. Verse 49. Just as we have borne, just as we bore the image of the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. That's what the second Adam came to do. He came, he's the beginning, he's a new beginning for you and me. In 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 22, I want to read these. It says, for as by a man came death... By a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam, the first Adam, all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. For as in the first Adam we all die, in the second Adam we will all be made alive. Some of us have been made alive. Dying isn't about discontinuing breathing air it's about suddenly realizing it isn't about me it's about the father and I'm dying to self and letting the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost rise up in me the second Adam I'm going to allow him to begin to do his work in me what I don't understand I'm not going to worry about I'm going to walk in what he reveals to me and as I walk in that, he's going to teach me day by day that's why I say to people in this house if I preach something you don't understand and it's not revelation to you. It doesn't make sense to you. Don't worry about it. When you need to understand it, if you need to understand it, you will. Walk in what He is revealing to you as He is more and more drawing out of you those things that are opposed to Him. He's drawing out of you that earthy part and replacing that, filling the void with that heavenly part. 
For as by man came death, but by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For in Adam all dies, as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. Now I love this verse, and I'm going to end with this verse today. So we understand the first Adam was Adam. He was the natural. First the natural, then the spiritual. Second Adam was Christ. He came to redeem us. He passed through. He came through on his way to intercede at the right hand of the Father so he could intercede for you and me. I'm going to tell you, nobody's a better intercessor for you than Christ. Nobody knows how to pray better than Christ. And when he's seated at the right hand of the Father, I don't want him to go find someplace else to go. I want him, go ahead, keep praying for me because who knows what's coming tomorrow. Keep praying for me because while you're praying for me, you are preparing me to respond correctly. Not respond earthy, but respond heavenly. Then in Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 22, I will read this out of the English Standard Version. I want to wrap it up with this. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence... Oh, listen, listen. You got to get this. We'll, I'll read this again next week. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places because of the second Adam. Because of the blood of Jesus, the red, the dirt, the soil, first the natural, then the spirit, first the natural. I sent Jesus, boom, he sent him into the natural, and in the natural he had to then die to become the spiritual key, the spiritual witness, so that they could be reconciled to the, we could be reconciled to the Father. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the second Adam, by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his first, the natural flesh, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full confidence, in full assurance of faith. Sorry about the whistle. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. You got to get this. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That was the first Adam before he ate of the wrong fruit. Every morning when the first Adam got up, he ate of the fruit of God. It was to walk in the cool of the day. It was to have a chat in the garden. It was to go wherever. It was to whatever he did. It was to be with the Father. Every single day, he was free of any evil conscience. Did not have that. He was righteous first. Righteous. He had to choose to sin. And then the father's saying right here, I sent the second Adam for this so that I could provide for you a new. Everybody say new. He said, I want to provide for you a new, brand new. What's brand new? Brand new means not like what you had before. There's folks listening to me right now, whether on that camera or you're in this room right now. You're listening to me right now and, and you, you think, I don't, what, I don't need anything new. I'm going to tell you, you might. If he's trying to make something new for you, let him make it new today. Because he's provided for you something that's really cool. Not only a new way, but a living way. A way that is alive. I'm going to tell you, if you're getting up every day and you live in depression and you're trying to figure it all out and you're all caught up in the natural things and there's no heavenly awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you what your response should be today. Father, forgive me. If I'm going to deal with these things, I want to deal with them from a heavenly conscience. Not from an earthy. When I have an earthy conscience, I'm depressed. 
When I have an, a, a conscience that says there is a new way and I can be alive in this way, it doesn't take away from the fact that I have challenges. It doesn't take away from the fact I'm going to have to plow through some things. But what it does, it empowers me to plow through them while I'm living. I'm living. I'm living. I don't die in my circumstances. I live in them. I don't die in my moments where things didn't go right. Right in the middle of it, I find myself alive saying, hey, it's here today, but I'm going to walk right through it. Just like he passed through me and brought me back into righteousness, I'm walking right through this thing because I'm going to testify and be a demonstration of the goodness of God. Since we have confidence, and here's the key, do we have confidence? Do we have the confidence to enter the holy places? Do we have the confidence to enter into those places? A lot of folks don't yet. My prayer is that they will. But do we have the confidence to enter into those holy places? What holy places? Those, those promises that God has delivered to us that we could walk in righteousness without feeling guilt. There are people today that call themselves Christians are afraid to say that they're righteous because they like to quote the scripture, there is none righteous, no, not one. That is... So it's witchcraft, the misinterpretation of that scripture. There are none righteous, no, not one. That is such a deception of the truth. It isn't about none being righteous. If you read the original text, it's about there is a time when none of us are righteous. Not one. But then we come into Christ. Read the whole chapter. Then we come into Christ and redemption happens. And suddenly... There is a righteousness that dwells in us called Christ. So for a believer to say to someone, I'm not righteous, is a lie against the truth. And it's saying Jesus never went to the cross. He never died. And he never came out of that tomb. It's a lie against the truth. The second Adam came to set us free. And he said, I'm looking for people who have the confidence to enter the holy places and say about yourself what I'm saying about you. Is there anybody in this room who has the confidence to say about yourself what the Father's saying about you? He wants to lead you into a new and living way, a place where you are alive. Doesn't matter what's going on around us. I'm grieved, as I said in the beginning of the service, I'm grieved over it. It bothers me. It really does. It bothers me, all this stuff that's happening. I can't even, we had it on the television last night or the night before, and I told my wife, I can't watch another minute of it. It's driving me nuts because this is not who we are. It's not who we are. And if we fill our minds with that stuff, it begins to pass through us. And the work that Christ is trying to do in us suddenly has to fight against those things that we invite into us? Are we going to freely invite those things into us and into our ears and into our eyes that are in violation of the purpose of God for His earth? No! Because there is a new and living way and those who have confidence enough to enter into that place... Those who have the faith and will say, I know what you've done in me. I know what you're doing in me. And I know that the second Adam opened up the gateway to sin. But the, uh, the first Adam opened up the gateway to sin. But the second Adam opened up the gateway to righteousness. And I am reconciled to God because I have received that second Adam. You sent him. I recognized I needed him. And I asked him to forgive me. And I am redeemed today. And I'm a righteous son of God today because I've received him. Doesn't mean I'm perfect but I'm being perfected. Doesn't mean I'm never going to make a mistake. It just means I know when I make a mistake, I know how to get it right. 
Do you hear me today? And these are the two Adams. Who is Adam? These are the two Adams. The first Adam was the natural. First the natural. The second Adam was the spiritual. Then the spiritual. If we can receive these and understand these two Adams in their proper place, today sets the foundation for what's coming in the next two or three weeks. If we can receive who they are, then we can begin to embrace what the second Adam brings to you and me. Are you ready for that? Father, today I lift my voice over the people that are gathered in this room. I pray today that there is a clear, 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 clear understanding of who we are. I pray today that you will open up to every man as we dive into it a little deeper next week, the new and living way, every person under the sound of my voice. Help us today to see and to know. And I know that under the sound of my voice, there are people that are out of relationship with you. Their life, their world, whether they believe they're saved or not, they may be. That's not for me to decide. That's for you. What I do know is this. If they live in a, in a life that is constantly conscious of what is earthy, constantly conscious of the things that are going on around us without an awareness that you are leading us through it, I pray today, Father, help them. Help them. If there's anybody that does not know you, forgive them today. As they come to you, as they ask you today, forgive them. It's not hard, it's not difficult, it's not embarrassing. But to receive you today, Father, is life-changing. It is life-changing and you will open up to each one that new and living way. Pass through our lives today. Pass through us today. And as you pass through, you are leaving the very power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Ghost to begin to change and renew our thinking and our way and our passions and our desires. Help us today to receive you and be glorified by every man and every woman, every child. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Come on, put your hands together.